Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. Hi. Going Off Track. Hello, Going Off Track. <laughs> going Off Trackians. Uh, my name is Jonah. I am also known as Steven. I'm Brad. Why did I say also? That's weird. You didn't say Steven. Are you known as something else? What? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Steven actually isn't Steven's real name. So. No, I know. Steven's my middle you? name. My first name is Jeffrey, which was a, a horrible turn of events that my parents decided we're going to call him by his middle name and i go by my middle name too you do too but like your name isn't as but boring i never and was white as mine you, Jeffrey go by your, Stephen you guys Smith. both go by your middle name yeah but but it was from day but from from birth it was the plan me with too my parents same thing so okay. why not just make it your first name i don't i, I think because my first name is my dad's name they named me after my, my dad oh my mother told me that i was named I don't after think jews do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> i know no, you do it. You, you're, the first letter of your name has to be... Yeah, the first letter of my name is named after my grandfather. Right, yeah. And that's, that's part of the tradition to yeah. me. Got it. Um, but quick, before we get going here, um, one couple years ago, we had a Kickstarter to get the podcast yes. going. And we like to say we're on it. Some of you may not have received your t-shirt. I'm really sorry. Maybe you didn't send me your it's, address, but... It's a guilt starter. God bless it. I know. It's like, do people who do PBS feel this bad? You got these poor schlubs like in your, your hometown affiliate. Like, please call. We want to show you Downton Abbey. But I feel bad because our, our friend, Justin Pierre from Motion City, donated. And he donated enough to get a phone call. And we never called him. Uh, I would like to claim I don't have his number, but I bet I do. But, uh, Jonah, you're pretty tight with him. I, I do have his information. I thought it'd be cool if we called him today. Yeah, let's call Justin Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack. I hope he's around. Call him now. Let's call him now. I don't know what time it is in Minneapolis. I think it's Central Time. Is it Mountain? Do they have mountains in Minnesota? I'm pretty sure it's Central. Or maybe it's Mountain. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we can ask him. This is exciting. Hello? Hello? Hey, it's hey, Justin. Justin. Who's this? Hey, it's Jonah. Jonah? Um, Jonah Bayer. Going off track. Oh, hey, how's it going, guy? Good. We wanted to call you and thank you for donating to our Kickstarter three years ago. Did I, did I do that? I donate to a lot of things, man. The, the PayPal cleared. Why is there a weird echo? Oh, yeah, why is there a weird echo? Why is there a weird echo? I don't know. I'm in a I'm in a weird dark room with a bunch of strange men. Hey, wait a minute. 
Hold on, oh, Justin wait. Pierre. Oh my God, <laughs> Justin is in the room with us. Yay! Not, I thought there was somebody else here. Not only do we fulfill our duties and our gift for our Kickstarter, but Justin is with us today, ladies and jellyfish. Justin Pierre. How did Thank you? S- you. Justin really did donate, though. You that did, part actually. was not a joke. I thought there was something very strange about what was just going on. <laughs> but I didn't want to say anything because I, I didn't know, you know. I like that you were like, I'm in a dark room with three strange men. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, uh, you know, that it seems like you do donate to a lot of stuff, yes. though. Do you feel? Um, you it depends just... on what... I, I think uh, I have in the past. And it depends on what it is. But it's usually... Um, oh, okay. I have a tendency to, when asked a question, go off for 10 to 15 minutes on various tangents. Um, the there's right a lot spot, of backstory. <laughs> so I'll try to keep this brief. But I, I sort of have this thing where... okay. So as a musician, as a person who makes music, I try once a month, once every two months to go to the local record store and just purchase music and buy it, uh, usually on vinyl because I like listening to records. Um, but I'll just pick up stuff, especially if somebody gives me a free CD and I end up liking it a lot, then I'll go and support that band by buying something. And it's just my way of basically, I can't ask people to buy my stuff if I don't buy it stuff myself you know so i'm sort of living living that and i guess with uh donating and especially like kickstarters and things like that um it's just sort of i've I've got this idea that i thought of like support the art you love like if you like something and if you want it to be around then just support it and so when i heard about what you guys were doing i thought that seemed like a really cool thing and i liked you guys and um and yeah and so i just thought i want to hear that so I will support that. Well, I don't know. It's super, very simple. Super kind of you to do that. We really appreciate it. And, and I like what's going on, guys. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Now, I know, now he sees it from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling wow. back the curtain oh, on man. GOT. It's going on so I made it. You made it. You made <laughs> I it. I did it. It only took a couple years to get through about 117 other people. And then... Do you have a lot of other people that like call you every week and are like, hey, man, when can I be on the show? Or is it just me? Uh, just you mostly. Okay. <laughs> no, no one else has been yeah. so aggressive. I guess. No, we're thrilled. Uh, so uh, you're in town working on LP number six. Yeah. Oh wait. Hashtag MCS LP six. I've been just. It, I've been told the importance of hashtags. Okay. Everyone listening, <laughs> you're in town working on hashtag MCS LP six. Yeah. Uh, now we we yeah. This is our sixth record, which is insane. And um, we we made it with a producer named John and Yellow, and he is a guy who made some of our favorite records growing up in the '90s, and then continued to make really, I was really good say, shit. It's a really familiar name, but I don't know what he did. Um, one of our favorite records, especially with Josh and I, uh, Josh and me. Oh man, English. No, um, yeah, Josh I, and I. Sorry. Okay, uh, we uh, Jawbox, the oh. self-titled Jawbox, Jawbox album uh he did that and he's done a bunch of dinosaur junior stuff i think from where you been and on oh, wow. um and a lot of jay solo stuff uh he did the last two sonic youth records he did this crazy record that i don't know anybody who's ever heard of called truly and that's the name of the band and i think it was like ex-members of soundgarden or something it's very 90s and uh like early i think early or mid 90s and uh the album title is called fast stories from kid coma um, it is just the just most bonkers thing I've ever heard. It's one of the best titles um, I've heard. Yeah, it's really cool. But anyway, so that was the 
you know, back when I was a kid, I was like listening to all these albums that this guy made. And then growing up, and he's still doing really cool stuff. Uh, I think he just did the, la- the last, one of the last things he did was the Manchester Orchestra record. Oh, cool. Um, he does a lot of Hold Steady stuff. Yeah, I yeah. Think. Yeah. Uh, he did the Lee Ronaldo solo Brad's record. I think bringing up his... Uh, mm. his Brad is using the power of the computer in the yeah. room, not on his phone. We have the technology. <clears throat> we do. We're going to rebuild it later. But yeah. According to the internet, he's produced <laughs> one record. <laughs> one oh, record. A G N E L L O. Not to get confused with Ron Ionello. <laughs> also, A-G-N-E-L-L-O. How come you hadn't hit him up before? Oh yeah, okay. There he is. There he is. So let's. Uh, hey, you'd always bandied him uh, his name about. How come you didn't go with him earlier? I don't think it was an option. I and I don't know what happened, but we sort of this record we tried to make two or three times uh, also to be perfectly honest if you want truthful like real answers it's not that i don't want to give them it's just that i have a terrible memory so i'm just guessing here but i feel like at one point we were ready to make this record we just wrote a ton of stuff last year and we were going to make it in november october or november after we went on tour with bayside and Ryan k and then something happened and it just didn't work out and like how we kept writing and, and doing some other stuff so then plans changed and then suddenly there was a list there's like three or four guys that were interested in making a record with us and so we had phone calls with each and every one of them and they were all really cool cats and uh people whose work we we really dug and we really wanted to work with all of them but then when when john's name came up i just i well i don't think secretly freaked out but i was just very excited i was like oh my god this is just crazy like you played, really you played it cool yeah, oh, totally. But, but when we talked with him, like, on the phone, he just, there was something about him, he just seemed like a friend instantly, and like a guy who we could relate to, and he was just really, he just seemed really real, and excited about making the record, and and so it just, like, unanimously, we all kind of thought, this guy, I think we want to be in a room with this guy for a couple weeks, so. You guys have had the craziest, I feel like, producer list. Like, yeah. I feel like from, like, Rick Ocasek to, like, Mark Hoppus. Yeah, it's been, I mean, we kind of bounce around, I think. I mean, we did two records and with Adam, Mark, but. Adam Schlesinger, right? Yeah. Yep. Adam Schlesinger and Eli Janney right. from Girls Against Boys, they they kind of teamed up I and did you, I half I think of, you mean Seth Meyers' band. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The... <laughs> Seth Meyers band. Uh, he that's crazy, by the way. Isn't that weird? That's so cool. Um, yeah, but they. Well, the story is they didn't have a band till a week before, and then they decided, really? oh shit, let's do. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But that's. I don't know if you watch, but that that show is really funny and really smart, and um, like almost every week or every couple of weeks they have like a guest musician hanging in with them. And I, I saw they had Jay. On Jay Masks. Yeah, yeah that for like was a cool. week, and they were just playing Dinosaur Junior songs and yeah. stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mm. also um, <laughs> uh, uh, tried to kill Justin the other night, uh, unsuccessfully. Accidentally. Accidentally. I mean, I think. It was Unsuccessfully <laughs> means premeditation. <laughs> it wasn't premeditated. I uh, I tried to change this. Justin was sleeping on my futon, and I was trying to uh, change a lighting fixture after having a couple of beers. And While he was asleep? No, we were kind of hanging out, <laughs> okay. and I was like, "Oh, this thing looks crooked. Let me fix it." And I remember Justin going into the bathroom, and then, two seconds later, <laughs> two seconds. Later, what was it like for you, just hearing? Yeah, I was like, "I'm gonna fix this lighting fixture," and he, he starts to step up. He's got this like glass case that's sort of a a, a a table. He's gonna step on the glass 
case. And I'm like, I don't think you should step on that, dude. I don't think that's going to hold you. I think you should, here, take this. And I have this little, like, Pelican briefcase I brought over for him. And I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom. As soon as I shut the door, I just heard... <laughs> and I was so scared to come back out there. But then I come out, and he's just, like, picking up shards of glass... Like from the, from there's just every direction and the size of your hand. This is a pretty big fixture, but to like just little tiny fragments, just everywhere, all over the bed that I was sleeping in, all over the table, all over. He's got this shag sort of like carpet. Uh, it's basically like just, a magnet for like, yeah, yeah things. And so he's picking it up, and then you have a glass carpet. Now. <laughs> and like I swear, and I don't think I told you this, but you're like, I think I got it all, dude. And then he goes to bed. And I just spend about like an hour just like picking up all of the glass. Like he's just like like chunks the size of my hand. He missed just like so. I think I you had so more sorry. than a couple drinks. I'm but, so sorry about uh, that. No, it's fine. It's just like I really worry that if you have uh, a special lady friend over, or like if you've got kids crawling around for some reason, like in your place. Both. Yes. Like or I both. think you really need to, to dump that thing out that rug. I, think I got yeah. I'll, I'll dump it outside I'll, I'll but i think out. everything else is clean it's just that, yeah that rug important question yeah. that you guys have glossed over what kimono was jonah wearing when he was trying to change the fixture i think it was the black kimono i think so too with, i've been wearing my summer kimono yeah shorter. this whole i mean <laughs> it's this whole description the shag the kimono the expensive lighting fixture it is a bachelor like, pad it's just it just makes me think of what's this the guy in family guy. oh yeah and quagmire oh, quagmire yeah i'm just picturing quagmire's like love dead. i like press a button <laughs> like a bed comes out Brad, the kimono collection is quite impressive actually. it's pretty amazing <laughs> I mean, the whole setup to that, you know, had just, it sounded like a romantic evening. Next so, live podcast, right. everyone wears a kimono. It's going to be a job. And Justin went to the bathroom. You're like trying yeah. to get the lighting right. Yeah, yeah. No, you're it's right. Like a whole yeah. other this has a seduction oh, yeah. gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. So he then he's a married man, and, Jonah. And then he just gave up and he's like, I'm going to bed. Yeah, just Here, like you clean up the glass fragments. <laughs> <laughs> If I can't have you, I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, but he's been kind enough to put up with me for, what is it, seven days? I, think? I don't know. I, it doesn't, I can't even tell. Yeah. It's been kind of nice because I feel like I'm gone so much. So then I get home like late at night and nice like, I have someone to talk to and hang out. And then and watch uh, Rush uh, yeah, we watched, concerts. The other night we watched uh, a complete Rush show from like 1976. It was only about a half hour long. Nice. And neither of us are like huge Rush fans. But I don't even think I am 76 a fan. <laughs> yeah, but, 76 is pre Neil, I think, right? Or is it 74? Uh, look at no, me I think it was because this was guy Neil. was ridiculous. I, was here. I mean, I feel that I've revealed something that I've kept <laughs> hidden for a long time. <laughs> Dude, I, I, it was like the fly by night era. <laughs> that or you're something. Canadian? That's pre Neil. That is, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I, I want to do it. I, I will that. say. <laughs> <laughs> we it like we watched some we were watching dumb stuff on YouTube and then my this, wife's been to a fish concert. This thing like <laughs> popped up and then it, we were like, oh, let's just. I was like, just check it out. And then like we watched the whole thing. We we're like, this is incredible. And, like I think I kind of like this music. Is it weird? Like yeah. I never really paid attention to that. Yeah, it was like really kind of like raw and really interesting. And thing, like thing it, about Rush is you can literally treat it like the Ramones, though you all should have all the Ramones records, but. If you get mania, you're pretty good. You know yeah. what I mean? You could get a show of hands or exit stage left. You'd get the live rush records and be yeah. pretty pretty solid there. Oh, it's what it totally fits into like like the I don't know. I listen to a lot of pop his popular metal 
like back, you know, like Metallica, Megadeth, the things that were very popular in the late 80s, early 90s. I guess I shouldn't say early 90s, but anyway, yeah, there, there was a transitional period that I think Smashing Pumpkins helped bridge the gap between the metal I was listening to and the what became known as the alternative music scene. But uh, uh, there's something about Rush that kind of reminded me of, like, it fits into that whole, it's like... Like the metal scene, but then also like the like the Who and like all that's like it's just weird. It's kind of it's weird. and almost like it reminded me of Coheed and Cambria a little bit too. I don't you know. Think yeah, <laughs> but, but I felt I, like the later yeah. Rush was like when I was growing in high school. Like I remember them coming to school and it was like the Roll the Bones era. And oh, like and they that, rapped. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was what? like kind of like it was like this weird oh, it's kind not of pretty. It was like. <clears throat> More like commercially. Like I remember they came to town and like Primus opened and all like my mm. friends who are like really into playing guitar like all went and like it was like the kind of commercial era rush where it was still like technical and proggy, I guess, but it was not it was it's, like kind of watered down or something. They, like, they, I don't know. They're they're uh it's pretty fascinating. Like I remember seeing Rush before Roll of the Bones, they had this record called Presto. And that's when I went to see him. And who opened Mr. Big? That's right. Whoa. Paul Gilbert, Billy Sheehan. Yeah, yeah man. Some virtual. That was a super man. group. Yeah. yeah. Paul Gilbert, who could actually play the drill. Like, he would put picks on it and play that. Racer X, all the guitar nerds in my school would listen to. <laughs> but they... Did they play B with you? Uh, no, this was, was before B. This was prior. Wow. wow. Prior. Billy Sheehan, fresh off of... I owned a Billy with... Sheehan's signature bass. Ooh. Yamaha made it in high school. Wow. It had scalloped frets, and the fretboard was tinted pink. <laughs> I'll show right. you guys a photo of it later. <laughs> yeah. Brad, Do you still we... have it? No, I wish I still had Brad, it. Brad, please don't quit the podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, Stephen, you were saying something important about something, Mr. Big. Something important about Rush <laughs> yeah. and Mr. Big. <laughs> they're, like, they're just one of are like every other band though, where it's like, oh, we have a new record out. We're going to play two songs, and now we're going to play everything that you've heard before uh-huh. for the next hour and a half, and it's going to be great, and everyone's going to sing along, and it's going to be glorious. There was, I can't remember what year it was, but it was I was living in L.A., and some big band was playing like the Greek or something, and they're like the most popular band out, maybe like Backstreet Boys or something, something mm-hmm. crazy. And, but then down the road, Rush played the Forum, sold out three nights in a row. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like um it's like Iron Maiden, you know. It's like everyone's gonna go right. and here and listen, that that sort of thing. Kind of legendary. Kind of legendary. What has been the process of this road? Look at that segue. That's great. Wasn't one. Uh, <laughs> of of this <laughs> that segue was legendary. Like that, yeah. <laughs> what, what? that wasn't an edit, by the way. Nope. <laughs> What's the process of writing this record with uh, a new drummer? Um, it's great. That's a weird thing. Like people ask questions and I feel like I've I thought about this. It's like, if you're too positive, then it's like, you're shitting all over Tony. And then if you're not positive enough, it's like, you're shitting all over Claudio. So mm-hmm. it's like, you got to find that happy medium. But I think, I think what, what happened was for the best in retrospect. I think at the moment we were all freaked out, but you know, Tony needed to move on for his own self. Uh, and so it was great that we found somebody that had everything that we, you know, that we needed and were looking for. They could pull off the old stuff, and also was like a great drummer. Um, and has a similar diet to a lot of the guys in your band. Yeah, <laughs> which must make things easy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go into that. No, please, let's uh, not. No. Let's absolutely not. Actually, no. I, I was just going to ask, why bring up the diet? What is that? Are you, are you all on leafy greens and pork, or what is it? I think it's all meat. I think it's a high, what is it, high fat, low carb? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know anything. If you, about- if you go into a backstage at a Motion City Soundcheck concert, you'll you'll hear about it. You'll learn about it. Just all barbecue? It's all yeah, barbecue. All I meat. don't. You get clogged arteries. I, my personal take is like, if it makes you happy, eat it. And if and and you should know where your food comes from. Uh-huh. Those are two things. I and think I think that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But I think other people have different ideas about like the truth about food. And I think that I just I'm not interested in, in hearing that stuff anymore. I don't know. <laughs> and I do think politically I'm like what in my head it's like i want to be a vegan and a vegetarian but i also like the way that meat tastes so i have i just you know i'm conflicted and i've got many different things going on and i've been vegan at one point vegetarian at another all meat at another time all milkshakes you know like so there's all beer yeah all beer at one point well yeah i won't go into that (laughs) you know you know that dana gould joke about he said um uh if god wanted everyone to be a vegan then um Bacon wouldn't be real, and he would be. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, while we're talking about Tony really quick, I want to tell everyone to check out his podcast. Oh, yeah. Felice Navi Pod. Hilarious. It's so good, and I know uh, he listens to this podcast, and we like his podcast a lot, so check it out. No. Yeah, he kind of, I feel like he's going to be, I don't know if this is like a weird thing to say, but I feel like he's going to be the next John Worcester, like in a way where he is so funny. Yeah. And I think he's he's gonna find something there. If he already, ha- I don't know. And just the fact that like the, the sheer volume of stuff that he's doing on his ridiculous and amazing podcast, uh, well, I is think that's great. like a very like Tony or John Worst. Like I think it's like a very specific like personality type where it's like yeah. you can play like mm-hmm. drums really well, but you're not really like seems like you're trying, but you're playing yeah. like, the hardest stuff ever. And then you can like I think like mentally you need to have some kind be really quick or like have this coordination that I just like. <laughs> It doesn't sync up for me sometimes in that way. Yeah. Guitarists. Guitarists is as much, mm-hmm. I feel like, is much easier. <laughs> much easier than drums, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I tried to play drums once. Yeah, me too. <laughs> once. It was bad. And then, and then your drummer came over and said, don't fuck with my shit. Yeah, yeah don't, don't touch don't my stuff. Don't, don't any of you touch my stuff. Don't touch my yeah. Do I mess with your pedals? No, yeah. I don't. Tony's like, he tilted my fan and he would freak out. Real like, he's got a lot of this diva moments with that guy, you know? It's yeah. like, sorry, dude. It's just a fan. <laughs> um, so, uh, how, but yes, sorry. I don't know if I answered your question. It's a great uh, question. It was, because uh, it's, you know, it was every, good. Every band's is, you know, as good as their drummer and you've got... You had an amazing drummer, and now you have an amazing drummer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it's, and I also know that. Uh, I think. Do you guys used to write songs like like would Tony like track first and that kind of thing or something? Yeah, I th- well, and that's another thing. It's just this whole record is a whole new way of doing stuff for us. And so, in the past, we'd go in and like. I think either the drums would be first or we'd all play along, to, but did only track the drums. And then we'd all sit in a chair and like track our our thing. With this record. John wanted us to play live, so and we were kind of terrified at that. We've always been terrified about that, but it was way easier than I thought. And and he was like, "Look, you guys have been playing together for like twelve years, basically. Like, you know how to play together. Why not just record it all at once?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." And uh, and so we we just we practiced like crazy, and we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, and we went in there and still messed up. But uh, 
so yeah, it's like two guitars, bass, and drums all at once. And a couple of the songs, every part was like, that's it, let's keep it all. And But most of it was like, okay, we got the drums, let's fix this bass part, or like, I don't like the sound of this guitar, I'll redo the guitar thing. But And there's some bleed, but it's not really noticeable, and I feel like it just creates this lot, you know, that I was just, it was so much fun to be in a room with people playing as opposed to sitting in a chair doing your part and while nobody else is around, you know? Um, and so that's like the biggest difference with this record is that it's so much more fun. And, uh, and even the songs themselves, I'm kind of bouncing around, but <clears throat> the other thing about Claudio is that he was basically like any idea that any of us had, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's do it. And I think we had come from a part, you know, right when Tony left where we're all just kind of like, meh. You know, there was like this sort of, we've been doing it for a very long time and somebody would have an idea and then other people would be like, eh, I don't know. Eh. Just like sort of, there just was a lot of like killing of, of, of <laughs> killing of babies, you know, like you have this great idea and everyone's like, not really into it. But then Claudio came in and he's like, yeah, let's try it. Let's try it. And you just sort of had this fresh new energy of like, let's try every idea until we figure out what we like and don't like. And it was just really invigorating. And I think that coming off of the last record that we made, this one is a lot more, the music is a lot more upbeat and fun. Not necessarily like blazingly fast, but it's just fun and exciting. And there's an energy in it that I think is kind of, um, uh, what's the word? It's, it's, it's infectious. Maybe it's I don't know. A, you're in, it's infected. Yeah, it's infected. It's <laughs> definitely infected. If you listen to it, virus. you will you will catch a virus, a very bad one. That all playing live to record, like I find that it's so interesting because you know it, I know you know a limited amount of recording, but like for a producer to be like do it this way, like would you think that would be harder? Like if you're like recording well, you, or you know, I have to chime in because this is actually I one want of my, you to. This is one of my biggest. <laughs> only we had actually, one of the things that we really <laughs> hear. At Converse Rubber Tracks, mm-hmm. uh, that we really try to focus on, because when these bands come in, they've not had the opportunity to, to. It's not been a choice, you know, like to mm. record that way because, you know, they've worked in studios that like because oh, they have a limited amount of time. Yeah, limited mm, inputs, right. and like a lot of times they don't. But like, I think the reason I think this is really important to talk about is because I know we have bands listening, and I and I think that even if like the important part of the important thing about tracking all together is even if you only do get the drum track like you can I, I mean i've worked with bands where we couldn't actually set up the guitar rig that we wanted or like you know and we knew that we were only going to use the drum track but mm. the fact that everybody's playing together you get the energy that yeah. you're talking about and you get like you just get a better performance i mean there's this there in the in the drums themselves you get this 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 performance that's that's that you can't deny it man and like uh, one of our engineers here, like when, and all, the other thing is like click tracks. Bands think that you're supposed to play to a click track, blah blah blah. But like in an, in any song, there's like a natural kind of ebb and flow. And um, one of the guys here, whenever a band like really, you know, if he'll try it with a click, and if it's working, they'll stick with it. But if not, one of the things he does is he plays. He has the original drum stems from a. Uh, from honky tonk women it's just the drums with no instruments mm-hmm. and oh my god if you can find this download it <clears throat> tempo change in that song is like honestly it's like 10 beats per minute whoa from like and i'm not talking about just speeding up it speeds up it slows down drops out in the core it's insane 
So you'd play that for bands, and this is a song that everybody's heard a million times, and you don't even notice it. You don't notice the tempo change when the when all the instruments are in there. But without that tempo change, that song wouldn't like do that. I've I have a feeling that because of the technology that's developed since you know the 90s or whatever and and having click tracks and then especially like on our earlier records everything had to be gridded and mapped out right. and perfect people are growing up hearing that they're hearing auto-tuned voices and it's like that becomes the norm and that's what they expect so then to go back to the other way of doing things <clears throat> i just wonder if they would actually hear it now my guess is probably you know there's a certain percentage would but most of them probably wouldn't because if you listen, like you said, like to a bunch of songs that, you know, we all grew up listening to, like there was no such thing as a click track, really. Right. Uh, and I'm pretty and, sure Keith Moon would have punched you. I'm going to watch No, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, and the other thing I was going to say is that it doesn't even matter because if you're all playing together and it sounds good, it doesn't matter if things are slowing up, right. slowing down or speeding up. And and even I feel like for the most part it's it's not as drastic as you were saying. Yeah, for you know? the most part it's not. And like I mean, a great trick that I like to do is go back to songs, you know, from like eighties or seventies or whatever. When like you're pretty sure they probably weren't playing to a click, mm. and like just listen to the very end of the song and then immediately mm. go back to the beginning and hear the difference in because t- most songs, especially pop songs, punk songs, they'll all speed up a little bit mm-hmm. by the end of the song, and it sounds natural. It just gives it more energy. And it's subtle. I mean, even the like the changes in tempo that you get from not playing to a click are very subtle, but they just they change the energy. So you want to hear something messed up? And this is, and I don't know if other people do this too, but I feel like we've done in the past where like we'll get to, and this is the biggest battle is like having a verse and having a, a chorus, and the tempos are just like ah, oh, if the cor- we need the chorus to be up, but then the verse it sounds too fast. If we bring it down, the chorus sounds too slow. Like we'll actually map out a grid in the past where like we ramp up the speed for this yeah. part and ramp it down, and then it's like we're doing that <laughs> yeah, fake exactly. thing, but we're doing it to a grid, which is like ridiculous. Yeah. And you should just do it. <laughs> Fuck the grid, yeah. okay, everybody. <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna ca- I'm gonna end my rant. <laughs> Fuck the grid. I know I said too much. But fuck the grid, seriously. Mm-hmm. Just get a good drummer. I yeah. had a great uh, click track related <laughs> pun uh, when we were making the Yon record. Uh, there was someone had a shaker that was shaped like a chicken, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "Oh, what's this?" And they're like, "Oh, it's just like a percussion thing." I was like, "Oh, you could um, shake it at a steady beat and have like a cluck track." <laughs> God damn it! And they kicked him out of the band <laughs> immediately, <laughs> which was terrible. It felt awful. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's you know like. Death metal has to, you know, just because by its nature, the way you produce death metal is the way you produce electronic music. It's mm. like, it's all, it's got to sound like Precision. a machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't sound like a machine, then it's, it's not what people want. Yeah. So that's, that's a whole different subject. Like that, you can do it. You should do it to a click. You should edit the fuck out of it. <laughs> like, it's what's expected <laughs> to have a fucking a machine. Uh, it's supposed to be seven forms. Fucking hard to do. And then every band plays it like twice as fast live, anyways. Yeah. Like you spend oh, yeah. all this time wrapping it out, and then as soon as you're on the stage, like what? <laughs> yeah, it's like go see. Um, uh, well, if you saw the like, I remember seeing the Ramones and. Um, a couple years ago at, at a bamboozle, uh, Newfound Glory did a Ramones set and they had Marky sit in. Yeah. Was I with you? Might have been. I was there. I saw that. <laughs> and Thrice did a Hot Water Music set? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. really weird. That was cool. So, so I talked to the, the Newfound guys and um, they, I said, how was it like playing with Marky? And they said, it messed us up because we 
we rehearsed all the songs at their tempo as, <laughs> as they're on the record and we didn't know and and marky is such a machine he would be like just call out the name of the song before and i'll go one two three four and go anyway and all of a sudden we're playing like as fast as possible <laughs> the ramones would play their catalog in a show jeez like it's completely insane like all those live records and stuff yeah. i mean if you're seeing them it's you at the end of it you're like oh my god it was like all machine gun fire they would do everything a thousand times faster on purpose tommy ramon man yeah r.i.p that's a real sad one god they're all gone they're all gone it almost makes me think that there might be a god because he's putting together a band a really good band yeah why else would he take all these motherfuckers why else would he say he like you know what keep mccartney Boy, his list leading up to McCartney <laughs> is so much longer. Maybe he's, yeah. No, no, he'll come back. I've been waiting for him to get a really good I, record again. I could give you a hundred names. That, that, <laughs> still around. That, that Ramones newfound thing was funny for a couple reasons. One, because I feel like being like the drummer for newfound being like, so we're going to do this set. We got Mark Ramone. You can sit this one out. Yeah. Must have been weird. And then also afterwards, Marky was selling his own barbecue sauce. Uh, marinara sauce, Marinara actually. sauce, excuse me. Yeah. Which is pretty good, actually. It's is not it? bad. I had, I had a jar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you recommend it? I used to have a bottle. I bought a bottle of Dexter from the Offsprings Hot Sauce. Oh, I went yeah. to go see Frank Turner open for him. And uh, Hot Sauce was pretty good. Yeah, he needs to sell a lot more of it now. <laughs> I think those guys are probably pretty well set. Well, let- <laughs> well then you guys should check the news. I won't, we'll, we'll say no more about dexter's legal woes i mean oh i think i know you're talking about get right back into justin because we texted you know because we just went completely off track justin who's on on epitaph records (laughs) the same label the offspring that's super segue super smash segue yeah i think the segue is that it's uh that you know everybody's got a podcast you have a podcast i believe you just stepped on my segue dude dude how many many segues are we gonna do at once wow justin does have a podcast so that's a good thing to talk about yeah and I believe I believe we have one of the guests here from your podcast in this room. Would you like to call him? Oh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> no, no. Actually, Every, no. Everyone <laughs> listening to this is like, I cannot oh, deal yeah. with this again. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this, this is sort of like, uh, okay, I'll go to the beginning. I have this wife that I'm married to. Um, She's great, by the yeah. way. Uh, Lindsay lousy, Marie Rain Hutton men. Uh, oh, I know. I don't know how she puts up with me. Um, but w- I, you know, she's like super smart and funny. She reads a lot. Like our our big thing is we just read a lot. We have five bookshelves in our bedroom, and they're all full of books. And that's sort of what we do. It's just read. And uh, and I had at the they time say having books in the bedroom really ruins the sex life. Yeah. What? <clears throat> no, sorry. Oh. Uh, no, no, I think it's a TV. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, yes. And at that, okay. So I had like, I think three to five music projects going on at one point at the time that we started doing this. Cause we wanted to do something creative together and I didn't know what it was. And then I was like, Oh, everybody's got a podcast. That's really easy. You just hit start on your phone and just talk. At least that's, that's, that's for Way me. Way to give it away, man. Brad sorry, like, sorry, sorry, does man. a lot. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm talking about us. Okay. Cause there are two schools of thought. So, so, uh, we're like, yeah, why don't we just like, here's, here's a novel idea. Uh, pun intended. I was like for you. That. <laughs> uh, Very good. We, um, we, let's get a podcast where we talk to our friends about what they like to read. I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. And, uh, and so we did. And, and for a while, like we talked about it for like six months. Like just like, okay, what are we gonna do? How's it gonna do? Like what's gonna happen? Who's it gonna be? And what are you know, figuring it all out. And then at some point I just kinda pulled the trigger and said, Why don't we just do it? Even if it's terrible, it, we can just get better at it. 
And so that was the two schools of like getting everything in order and figuring it all out or just doing it. And so we just started doing it. And literally I used my phone and I would have friends come over and we would interview them and just talk. And then eventually it got to using Pro Tools and then recording with some microphones. But I'm really bad at that stuff. And then editing it together. But we, we'd usually get like four episodes, four to six episodes at a time. Then I'd have to go on tour and I'd try to pre, you know, record. But it was just really hard. She's a nine to fiver. And the last thing she wants to do after a day of work is like start talking to people at night, you know, so it's like trying to find like times that work and schedule everything uh, between her busy schedule, my busy schedule. Um, long story short, there's a school uh, in St. Paul called McNally Smith uh, College of Music. And we happen to know some of the people at that school because we've done stuff with Motion City with them. And um Actually, your good friend. And Steven's friend. Steven's good friend. Uh, David, David Lewis. Lewis. Oh, yeah. One of the best dudes ever. He awesome. was like, hey, I, I, you know, he heard about the podcast and he was like, why don't you just do it here? And I was like, oh, wait, get people to record it for me and edit it for me so I don't have <laughs> yeah. to do any work. That sounds it's amazing. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's nice, right? So, yes. <laughs> Especially when they offer up front. Yeah. 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 And that was like really cool. And we, and, and that's like for only doing like four or five episodes to have somebody go, Hey, why don't you do it here? Like, I did not expect that. I did not, you know, that was super wonderful. So, and then your anyway. wife smartly said, Why don't you book it and get the guest? Then I'll yep. just show up. Yeah. So, who yep. you had? You've had on uh, Cream Cheese Icon, Jenny Own Youngs. Yes. She did our first one. So, that was our yes. first big thing. I think it was a two hour interview. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. We set the uh, bar, man. Yeah, and uh, and since then we try to keep it under an hour. But um, ours was really fun. I really liked doing it. We talked about Richard yeah. Brodigan a lot. And yeah, we choose your own adventure books. Oh yeah, that was such a like. I, they used to give me anxiety and nightmares as a kid. Those books. We found out all this stuff. I mean, I don't want to ruin. We talk about it on, yeah. on Justin's podcast. We, we, you should say the name of it. Oh, Booknarks. Like. Book so it's like bookmark, but with an N. Um, and spelled with a C. With book narcs, like narc, like, like, please. Anyway, okay, yes. B O O K N A R C. Book narc. But they put all yeah. these weird Easter eggs into the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Like, they were saying, like, one of them, like, has some crazy ending, but you can't get to it with any combination. You can only get to it if you, like, just if you mess up. Mess up and, and go to the wrong get page. To this page. Like, Which no. Book? I, I don't know. Uh, it's one of the Choose Your Own Adventure books. And then there's one, my favorite is The Endless Loop, where it's like, <laughs> go to page 46, and then you go to page 46, and they're like, at the end of it, they're like, go to page 23, and then you go to 23, and they're like, go to page 46, and then, you, you know. I would read those and I would, I would like my, my, my hands would go into the books because I would have all, if I got to an ending, oh. I would put my finger in and I would mark it yeah. and I would find yeah. the other one and I would mark it. So I'm reading it. And I just like, I have this fist of paper. You know what it made me think about when we were talking about this? I was like, I wonder if my imagination was better when I just was like doing stuff like that, where I had to like picture everything versus now you just kind of sit back and it's so passive. Like I'm going to turn on the TV or go on the mm-hmm. internet. Like. I feel like that must like mentally be so much more stimulating to be reading something and then like, right? Well, I think keeps, reading keeps in general, going. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think reading in general does that though because yeah, that's, that's why true. I do believe that I love movies and they are one of my favorite art form. But I think that when you read, you have a much more personalized like view of what's going on and you put all of your own shit into it. Whereas in a movie, like you're told what you're going to see and how it's going to be. Um, and I do think that, you know, I tried going to college many times and failed. And, and so reading just sort of keeps my brain active. And, and, uh, and I think it's kind of like the only way that I can, 
you know, sort of keep, keep, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. I was surprised <laughs> you didn't do a film <laughs> podcast. That was the first thing. I remember you, do you remember um, mm. working for Fuse at Sundance and hosting yes, stuff there? Yes, yes. That was really weird and awkward, but it was fun. But I was, I was terrified. I'm not, I'm not really good on the spot. At least that's, that's. Yeah, like, but you were like the first choice for like film. We got to get Justin in here because he knows oh. his shit. Well, that was that was super cool, and I was super rad. I just I I, I wish that I was a little more like, or I, maybe I shouldn't be saying this on here, but I wish that I could hide better my anxiety when I'm on. Oh God, like, everyone's anxious when they're in front of camera. Trust yeah. me. But I yeah. feel like everyone I know who's like a frontman in a band. Whenever I see them, they like always seem so funny, and the banter is so good. Like I feel like you or like Jenny <laughs> or anyone. And then whenever I talk to you, it's like, um, like I hate doing that. I'm like, you guys are so good at it. Like I well, think, like maybe the I anxiety is great. Well, at Jenny it. is great she at is it. A, she is like up there. But I think I think it doesn't come across as as much as, to the audience as it does to you. Okay. Well, and and I kind of mentioned this before. It's like if you're headlining and people are there to see you, it doesn't matter what you say; they will love it. You right. Know, for the most part, you got to be pretty offensive to like anger people. Um, but. Uh, and then there's also there's like people that I've seen that you know they write out a script and then they do it every day and right. that I don't like I mean it it's it's a lot easier because then it's like you know what's going to work and what's not but I I'd much rather take the gamble and fail of just like what's going to come out of my mouth and and then to you know just keep repeating myself and I tend to repeat myself anyway because I just have a you know a great brain uh but you I know. feel like I'm doing a really good job of going off track. By the way, no, you're I doing feel excellent. Like I just, I wanna, when we're talking about reading, do you feel like you go in like phases where like you're reading a lot and then you're not reading anything? Yeah, absolutely. I think I do most of my reading when I'm on tour, especially if I'm flying. I can read like I think I've read like five to six hours straight sometimes, like on on planes. But I also try to catch up with movies on planes. I think this cold press is kicking in. Yeah, Holy dude, it's, cold so press. It's serious. Let me just say we've said this before, but it's, it's like supposed to be diluted. You're not even supposed to drink it straight, so you are probably high. I'm Which, really, high. but you're like a hardcore coffee caffeine guy, so that's why I was like, I think Justin can handle. I this. love drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> caffeine is a drug. It's okay. Are you uh, when when you're just home? Are you like hitting, hitting the hitting the yeah? I'm hitting the bottle, the, hitting the mug, <laughs> hitting the cold cold <laughs> brew bottle pretty hard. Uh, yeah, I kind uh, this is horrible. I think I usually <laughs> like okay because it's going to be different now that I don't have a record to write. But I, I have other records I'm going to be writing. But uh, but the I'll usually like wake up. We have one car, and so. I, I'll like drive my wife to work and I come back and then I usually get coffee like um, I go to this establishment that has ridiculous names for their coffees and I get the biggest one <laughs> and then uh, and I have one of those and then I uh, and then I work for a while and then her dad bought us this Keurig machine that is very wasteful but it is so convenient oftentimes I'll go through like four or five of those and then I'll go to that same coffee place and get another ridiculous one wait in and, one day you were talking yeah about? <laughs> and then um and then and then at a certain point once it turns to like three or four and then maybe i'll switch to like diet coke and i'll drink like four or five of those and then uh you know why not add aspartame to it yeah you know why not at this point uh but i do think if you're gonna drink caffeine i think coffee is the purest form you know like it's it's and maybe i'm crazy maybe i don't know what's really going on 
uh, conspiracy theory, but I think that instead of putting chemicals in your body with, you know, Diet Coke and all that stuff, um, it's probably better to just drink, yeah, yeah. drink coffee. But I, yeah, and every once in a while, I'll get off the soda, um, you know. But coffee, but coffee has been shown, even decaffeinated, to have certain properties that are healthy for you. Do you think, like, 22 so cups of it? it <laughs> no, no, I think probably, you are yeah. probably killing yourself. I think my doctor actually said, she was like, yeah, I think you need to cut back on that, man. Um, and then I tried to, like, start drinking decaf. This is like, I feel like an old man, but I, start, I started drinking decaf after four, thinking that would help. But then it just made me want regular coffee because it just didn't taste the same. You like, could switch to Sanka. You got you should get it. You got to get a soda stream, man. Even if it tastes yeah, the same, it's it. not, I, I think. Is this an intervention? Because I've is, had them before. This is why. This is, uh, <laughs> this is, I was wondering. It's like. Uh, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not recording. This is my only, this is, this is the only drug that's left to me. But let me ask you this. Yeah, on with Jesse's outside. Jesse, yeah. come in. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I went to get, I went. I remember being in L.A. and there was some guy at this, like, health store that I can't remember the name of it. We just called it Colon Blow. <laughs> but he walked up very calmly and in his, you know, California accent said to these girls, like, all right, what do you have back there that'll get me high, but I won't be fucked up because I can't do anything anymore? And they went, Yerba Mate. <laughs> and, and it was just like this. I think it's a tea now. Yeah, you can I've do heard it, of all that. that. This was years ago. And they brought up like this jar and it had like the leaves in it and they were going to make him, you know, bags to, to go in. And he looked at it and went, how much is that? And he said, oh, it's about like six bucks a pound. And this guy went, it's the first time I'd ever remember hearing this went, do I get a blowjob with that? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and walked away. But it is what? like this, it is like this, this shift. Like, you know, if you have addiction problems, uh -huh. it's, you know, a nice, it's a good trade, but you can have something that's like, ah, not not fucked up, but I'm going to do a lot of it, you know? Like, people mm. switch to, like, I'm pretty sure I have a chocolate addiction. I have to eat it yeah. every day and I'd, do that. Well, you know, it has caffeine in it. It mm. does, especially the darker so, ones. Have you ever have you ever given it up, like, caffeine? Yeah, like a actually, days? I did accidentally. Okay, so here's, here's a crazy story, and this kind of ties <laughs> into what happened. Because um, a few days ago, I threw out my back somehow, and it's just, my I have back problems. And uh, something happened, I don't know if it was hereditary meets jumping up and down on stage a lot, to I had a kettlebell incident that like broke something. Anyway, I've got two discs, one sticks out and hits a nerve, and the other one is flat, and there's no liquid in it. So it's just grinds. Um, and so I kind of live with a certain amount of pain, and I've gotten used to it, and that's fine, and I can function. But I just can't do things quickly or like bend over and pick things up you know i got to be real careful about what i do wow. um but it took me like three to four years to get to the point where it's manageable and i've had injections i've had you know they gave me like lots of drugs at some point um physical therapy like many different things finally i just stopped doing everything and i just started being careful and slow and then i started lifting or like working out with a trainer and just doing things very slow and building muscle mass back because i had like three to four years of like no muscle just i was just really weak uh so the other day i literally i like swung out of bed and just my back went out and i could not move and i was like shuffling it took me four hours to get to an urgent care facility and they gave me some muscle relaxers uh i forgot what the original question was have you, have you ever caffeine? gotten off caffeine yes okay i'm getting to that <laughs> but um Back in the day when I first injured my back, they gave me this crazy drug, and I'm going to tell people about it. It's supposed to be a non-narcotic pain reliever called Tramadol, but it was the worst. And what happened was, and it could be that they overprescribed it to me, but 
um, my back was out and they gave it to me and I started taking it and I was like, oh, this is great. And then eventually one day I woke up and my back didn't hurt anymore. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop. But what they didn't tell me was that you can't just stop that drug. You have to taper off. And so I was in like the, like I just, my skin started itching. Like it was weird. I was basically, my best guess is that it was like what people who are on heroin, who stopped doing heroin must feel like where you're just crawling out of your skin and like I couldn't move and it was really weird and I didn't think to just take start taking the drug again but so I just I didn't I couldn't leave my apartment and uh and so for two days I didn't have any coffee and then I had these crazy headaches to yeah. go with it. I was just like in this weird like <laughs> Jesus I was in the most miserable pain I'd, I'd ever been in um and then I basically had like you know accidentally after two or three days the headaches went away and then I was done with caffeine. I thought, oh, I'm never going to drink that again, dummy. I started drinking it. But anyway, <laughs> that thing, the tramadol, like that's just a weird drug, and I don't know if it was just I had a weird reaction to it. But that I don't ever, you know. Obviously, I'm not a doctor and I'm not telling people what to do, but I would just be wary of that because I had do, a bad experience do, with that. Do you find that it's it's like disconcerting because you've been vocal about substance abuse problems mm-hmm. and then, oh, great, now I have a back problem and I have to take prescription things? To... Well, I, I told them that like if because you can get like non-narcotic things and like I believe and maybe I'm crazy, but the muscle relaxers, they don't mess me up in the way that, you know, things have in the past. And so I don't, you know, and also, like, if you take things as prescribed, I think you're okay, you know, if if you can do that. Um, but if you have a problem with things, you know, it's usually, it's it's pretty apparent. But I also, like, I, you know, mostly it was drinking. And then when I get drunk, I'd lead to other things like, you know, oh, crack seems like a good idea or whatever. It cocaine, always but, seems like a good idea. Yeah. So, and, yeah, and that's another thing, like, I thought about, too, is that I don't, I don't, you know, it's been many years since I've had a drop of liquor and I'm not interested and it's such a weird conversation to have because I feel like certain people would maybe give me a weird look hearing what I'm about to say, but I think it's important to say this, that uh, to the best of my knowledge, I am probably an addict but it doesn't make any difference to me whether I am or am not. And that I used to hate myself. And sorry, this got really dark. But uh, and and I was drinking and I think like, yeah, I think I enjoyed the feeling of it. But I also liked not thinking and not feeling. And like it was just about checking out. Like I just didn't want to feel things. And so it took so long to get away from that but now, you know, many years later, now that I can actually see myself and know myself for who I am, like, I really like this person. And so, and it's, I know it might sound cheesy and weird, but it's like so true. And I feel like that's the thing that's so hard for so many people who have problems um, with substances is that it's so hard to get away from the substance, but you need months and years away from it to really see who you are because when you're so close to it you can't see anything and it's like this weird you know conundrum or this weird thing that's just time is like the only thing you really need um and sorry i keep i keep getting off track but this caffeine is freaking me out (laughs) drugs um (laughs) but uh uh gosh was it um yeah so so my point i guess is that 
you know, looking back on it, maybe I was just in a really bad place or maybe I'm an addict. Either way, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not interested in ever returning to that place or becoming that person again. So when I look at people drinking, like in parties and things like that, I don't go, oh, I miss that or, oh, it'd be great to have one drink. My thought is like, thank God I'm not doing that anymore. Nice. And and so it's it's like I, there's... And it's weird, but it's like there's just no interest in the returning there. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, but definitely, and going back to something else you said, it's like I focused my attention crazy into food. And and uh, when I got sober, uh, 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 dessert. Oh, dessert. Yes. I gained like 40, 45 pounds. Nice. And then I kind of shed it and I keep going back and forth. And then I kind of shifted from food into caffeine. Um you know, so I definitely focus my attention that I used to put into like getting high into other things. And I'm trying to take a note from all of the successful people in the world and just focus <laughs> it into a career or into, you know, like I look at like, I'm sorry, I'm just going all over the place, but I'm going to, I'm going to say this because I think when I was a kid, <laughs> Am I talking too much? If you apologize uh, one more time, okay. yeah, you're doing fantastic. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Uh, uh, when I was when I was younger, like my heroes were like huge fuck ups, and I'm not even going to say who they were because it's just embarrassing. But I think now my heroes are people like Robert Downey Jr. and Jerry Stahl, and people who are like have been at the worst, at the worst bottoms, and have come back from that, who are sober and doing the best work of their careers. And I think those are the people to look up to. And I hope to, I hope to be that someday, you know, like as I just, you know, I'd much rather be a success story than a, than a dead failure, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Those are some thoughts. Those are some thoughts. I'm sorry if I went to a D. De- oh, I apologized again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. God, I don't even know what I just said. I think I said a lot. Oh, I think it was awesome. good. Those are some things on my mind, but uh, I don't know if that cleared anything up. What's your favorite movie of 2014? I haven't seen a lot of movies. Well, Snowpiercer? Then I retract no. uh, the question. <laughs> old, uh, old Boy? Old Boy. Uh, I don't think, did that come out this year? I, I don't know. I, it's new to me. We just watched yeah, that, was, this, that was this year, yeah. We just watched okay. it. Is Snowpiercer supposed to be good? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. You can rent it, dude. It's heard, already yeah. on iTunes. It's the best thing ever. Tomorrow was awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I did too. Tomorrow was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. I, I don't I like remember what a, movies came out. A non-apocalyptic film. Do they still make those? I don't know. Rise of the Planet of the Apes is out, or they're the War of the Planet of the Apes, or Battle mm-hmm. of the Planet of the Apes, or which one? I saw the originals. So. Yeah. yeah. And I enjoyed them immensely as a oh, child. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That was the best. <laughs> really awesome. <laughs> it's so funny when you're a kid and you see all the Planet of the Apes films, and then the one that's like the like the the epoch, the one that's like the greatest one. As a kid, you're like, ah, that one's okay. It's the other ones, man. It's when they're underneath the city and they go back in time. That's the awesome shit. That was amazing. They worshipped a bomb, man. That was huge. I was Dennis Hopper as a child. <laughs> I want them to make one where they explore like the Terrence McKenna's like stoned ape theory, where like the apes come out and eat mushrooms and then discover fire and evolve into human beings. Yes. That would be the movie I would want to see. <laughs> you should make that. It probably wouldn't be as action-packed. It'd be a lot of like them sitting around, sitting around staring. <laughs> I have uh, a few months off. We could we could write that. Yeah, we yeah. can do that, that. Right? Do that. Yeah, let's do that. We it, can do a Kickstarter. Let's make an ape movie. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Justin Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack. If you ever thought you would talk about podcast rush and addiction, this is the podcast for you. Oh, and also recording, live recording versus everything. I'm glad that I got that out of my system, but I think, you know, that podcast, it wasn't, I mean, I, Justin definitely you think, you think he it was had the, some issues. Was it the guest or us? He drank a lot of coffee. He's definitely not our best guest by any means. And in fact, I don't know if I should be saying this in the outro, but uh, I might have, you know, I, I had to edit that pretty seriously. I was, there a, was lot. a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that. Kept he went going. Off on the thing about the kittens that we had to take out. Yeah, that was weird. It was the blood that upset me most about the kitten story. Yeah. Uh, should I? Should I have left? Or, oh, or Justin. Want... Hey, hey man. what's up? Oh, hey, I was just kidding. <sighs> didn't realize you were still here, bro. I was just kidding. I didn't take out the kitten part. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and donate to Going Off Track. Go to goingofftrack.com, hit the donate button. Follow us on the Twitter. Going Off Track. If you like to read, why not listen to people talk about reading on Booknarks? Booknarks. Check it out. Great podcast. Um, Do you ever talk about comics? Uh, actually, we, we've been trying really hard uh, to get uh, Chad Gilbert on, and it's been it, two or three times, but he really wants to talk about that. Uh, Stephen so Smith is probably available to talk about comics. Well, hey, yes, now now I'm making connections. But yeah, I actually just bought um, John, the producer of our record, made me get The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, welcome. And because um, I don't know a lot about comics. That's and the Pantheon. So he was like, "This you have to read this. Do you have Watchmen? So, uh, I do, but I haven't read it. I accidentally saw the movie and I... Ignore the movie. I'm just not a big Zack Snyder fan. No, because so. he's terrible. Okay, yeah. And if, if you liked Man of Steel or Watchmen or 300 or Sucker Punch, then, then it's your fault, fans. Yeah. You've ruined it for the rest of us. I will <sighs> say that my like Superman was, I think, his best movie, but I didn't like all the fighting scenes. Which I think is what everybody liked, but it just looked like cartoon. It looked like Harry Potter two when he's like flying around on the broom. You know, like that's what it reminded me of. I fuck. I refuse to watch it. It's it's. I, I hold basically nothing sacred, but Superman doesn't kill people. And I know there's the argument. Superman two. He threw Zod in the ice and blah blah blah. He didn't fucking snap his neck. Dicks. This has been a preview of Booknarks with Stephen Smith. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Stephen uh, angrily voicing his hatred of Zack Snyder. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, you can visit us online, leave a comment on iTunes, send us an email. Send us an email about how we got hacked. I yes. really appreciate that. Uh, check out the United Nations record. It's out now. Temporary residence. Tem- temporary you don't have a box set. You fucked years. up. This, the box sets are still available with the t-shirt. The, other, the ones without the t-shirt are sold out now. So I think we have like 50 left. There might I don't know how many are left when you're hearing this. If you want to read a cease and desist letter, you yeah, can you order get the an, United Nations box. <laughs> you've got an actual copy that one of us folded. <laughs> and I, and Justin actually folded a bunch of them. I forgot about this. That so thank you for helping yeah. with that. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime you need somebody to do stuff, I'll get on a plane. I'll come here. I'll do yeah. it. It's nice. It's and nice. The, and the new Motion City soundtrack record will be out when? Hopefully, if not at the end of this year, early 2015 on Epitaph Records. Cute. Write about it. Hashtag it. MCSLP6. Nice. Yeah. LG Fwad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you, Justin. Thanks. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.